Bitcoin crashed and burned, and so did Ethereum. So I wanted to go over this article that is titled The Crypto Collapse, and here's what's behind Bitcoin's sudden drop. Now, some of you may not be aware of this, but some of you might. And Bitcoin and Ethereum both basically crashed for about 30 to 40% in a matter of pretty much seconds. Like, it was pretty insane today. And it got so bad that a lot of crypto apps actually stopped functioning. Like, there was that much volatility. But let's get into it. So the dramatic pullback in Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies comes as a flurry of negative headlines and catalysts from Tesla CEO Elon Musk to a new round of regulations by the Chinese government have hit an asset sector that has been characterized by extreme volatility since it was created. The flagship cryptocurrency fell to more than three-month lows on Wednesday, dropping to about $30,000 at one point for a pullback of more than 30% and continuing a week of selling in the crypto space. Ether, the main coin for the Ethereum blockchain network, was also down sharply and broke below $2,000 at one point, a more than 40% drop in less than 24 hours. And as you can see from this chart, like this drop from like Ethereum is just disgusting, right? Like they nearly dropped 50%. Like it is insane. So the recent slide is a reversal from the dramatic rise that started in the second half of the last year. And the price of Bitcoin is still up more than 200% since September. The product of a dramatic bull rally sparked in part by hedge fund managers, banks, and other companies appearing to embrace cryptocurrency. A lot more people own crypto, and crypto has seeped into pockets all over our society, and you had a confluence of events. A combination of tax day, Elon Musk tweets, whatnot, where you started breaking down the positivity in the price action, and now we've got a liquidation event. Longtime Bitcoin bull, Mike Novogratz said Wednesday on CNBC's Squawk Box. So part of the reason for Bitcoin's weakness seems to be at least a temporary reversal in the theory of broader acceptance for cryptocurrency. Earlier this year, Musk announced he was buying more than $1 billion of it for his automaker's balance sheet. And then several payment firms announced they were upgrading their capabilities for more crypto actions, and major Wall Street banks began working on crypto trading teams for their clients. Coinbase, a cryptocurrency exchange company, went public through a direct listing in mid-April. And as you can see... It, for the most part, Bitcoin has just had like a crazy rise. I mean, going from $30,000 in January 1st, all the way up to almost $70,000 in the mid of April, and then just drastically crashing. However, Musk announced last week that Tesla would no longer accept Bitcoin as payment, citing environmental concerns. Now, he did suggest on Wednesday that Tesla is not selling its existing Bitcoin holding, and using emojis on Twitter to say the company has diamond hands. And Coinbase, which surged above $400 shortly after its first trade on April 14th, quickly gave up those gains. It was down near $220 per share on Wednesday morning. 
Its direct listing date is also the day of Bitcoin's most recent all-time high. And additionally, a new report from JP Morgan said that based on futures contracts, institutional investors appear to be moving away from Bitcoin and back to gold. Bitcoin is often touted as a potential replacement for the traditional metal as a store of value. So the weakness is not isolated in crypto, suggesting that the moves could be part of a larger rotation by investors away from more speculative trades. Tech and growth stocks, many of which outperformed the broader market dramatically during the coronavirus pandemic, have also struggled in recent weeks. The ARK Innovation ETF, a fund of high-growth stocks led by star fund manager Kathy Wood, is down more than 30% from its February highs. And as of Wednesday morning, this tech-heavy Nasdaq composite has fallen 6.9% from its most recent closing high on April 26. And the small cap Russell 2000 is down 5.6% over the same period. Now, the declines have also coincided with the delayed deadline for tax payments, which could have caused selling pressure as investors looked for cash to pay off capital gains tax liabilities. Now, there's also Bitcoin and related assets have also come under increased scrutiny from regulators around the world as they have grown into a bigger part of the financial markets. Now, we believe government crackdown on cryptocurrencies can trigger another crypto winter and reduced trading activity. Harsher crackdown on crypto is possible in many developing countries which may view crypto as a threat to their fiat currencies and monetary system. Bernstein's Hershita Rot said in a note Tuesday, China, which is developing its own government-run cryptocurrency, reasserted its rules against other digital currencies on Tuesday, banning financial companies from providing services for crypto trading. And in the U.S., newly appointed Securities and Exchange Commission Chair Gary Gensler said earlier this month that he thought regulators should be Technology neutral, but more consumer protection is needed in crypto markets. The rise of Dogecoin, which was started purely as a joke before gaining wider popularity with the help of Musk, could also have hurt the overall credibility of the crypto market. Some of the moves in the smaller or less developed coins suggest that the crypto bull market was tied to the rise of speculative day trading in stocks instead of the increased institutional interest. Other less serious cryptocurrencies have also seen increased interest in recent weeks. And on Monday, Barstool Sports founder Dave Portnoy announced that he purchased $40,000 of a cryptocurrency called SafeMoon, which he described as a poop coin. It's early if it is a Ponzi. Get in on the ground floor, Portnoy said in a video posted on Twitter. So I thought this was... This article was pretty fair in the situation because here's the thing, right? This kind of crash with Bitcoin, which by the way, if you don't know, it did crash heavily, but it also rebounded to about like a, it basically, you know, came back up like 30 to 40% as well. So the amount of money that is changing hands is pretty insane. And the reasons for it is actually interesting when you really think about it. Right? Because you got to think about it, right? There's a lot of people who ended up getting into Bitcoin under $10,000 because they knew that Bitcoin had a potential future, right? Because, you know, after Bitcoin went from, you know, like $2,000 all the way up to like 20000 and then it crashed at $20,000 down to, I think, like three or four or $5,000, there's a lot of people 
that believed in Bitcoin but just didn't like the price of twenty thousand dollars. So there was a lot of people that you know filled up the boat ten thousand dollars and under, twenty thousand dollars and under, right? Which meant that as soon as they saw any weakness in Bitcoin, right, which was basically right about here, they saw this big, big weakness in Bitcoin. And they're like, you know what? I made so much money from holding Bitcoin. I'm just so tired of like dealing with all the emotions when it comes to holding this cryptocurrency. I, I just want to take my profits. Like, I don't care if I even, you know, miss out on future profits. I just want to take profits right now. So there's a lot of people that ended up just dumping everything that they had, completely dumping everything they had, which caused it to go down to, you know, 37,000, even like lower as well. Like it got really low. And that's the reason. Same thing with Ethereum as well. It's like there's a lot of people that bought it very low earlier this year, and they're basically probably just super sick of dealing with cryptocurrency, dealing with all the fluctuations, getting emotional about it, you know, potentially becoming millionaires or non-millionaires in the span of like a couple hours every day. And that just basically caused this thing to crash pretty heavily. But at the same time, there's a lot of people that thought, okay, the $60,000 price, the $50,000 price is too expensive to get into Bitcoin. But they were perfectly happy with spending mid thirty thousand to forty thousand dollars to get into Bitcoin, because there's a lot of people who believe that Bitcoin will at minimum get to a hundred thousand dollars, right? And then you know there's a lot of people who are super bullish and think that it's going to go to a million, right? But let's just use a hundred thousand. There's going to be way more people thinking that you know. I would much rather get into Bitcoin at $30,000 because I expected to go to $100,000, which means that's a $70,000 profit compared to someone who might be spending sixty dollars or $70,000 for a final price of like $100,000. You know, that's only a $30,000 profit. Both are pretty good, but people view that as just like a too rich of a price to pay to get into Bitcoin. But, you know, mid-30s, a lot of people are like, oh, this is a deal because, you know, Bitcoin's already reached almost $70,000, right? And so there was just a huge amount of money that just flushed and just like just got shoved straight into the crypto market, specifically Bitcoin, which rebounded this thing instantaneously within like the span of like an hour or two hours. I believe like $400 billion dollars traded hands both out and into the cryptocurrency so it's pretty insane when you really think about it as to what's really going on with this because there's so many bullish people in this for various reasons that even if this were to crash there's going to be so much people coming in after a certain point because like oh this is a perfect deal i'm totally willing to spend this amount of money to get into it there right so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens personally i'm pretty bullish on bitcoin i do believe bitcoin will probably eventually get to a million dollars i'm still bullish in the sense that i think bitcoin will probably actually get to a hundred thousand dollars by the end of this year and if it does get to a hundred thousand dollars by the end of this year it most likely will get to a million dollars within the next 10 years but you know that's my thoughts on it 
Now, for all the other cryptocurrencies, you know, that's really up to you. But I'm just specifically talking about Bitcoin here. And feel free to give your thoughts if you ended up stumbling onto this. Because, you know, there's also another problem that I see as well. Because, you know, there's, like I said, a lot of people did end up taking a lot of profits still. But there's also people who get into cryptocurrency or get into investing purely to try to make quick cash, right? And so if some of those people that were like were like selling here were probably super scared and probably lost fortunes. There's probably people who lost like their life savings in this like span of time in less than like four hours. They probably lost their whole life savings just because they're an emotional trader. Not even an investor, they're just emotional traders. And, you know, they thought they could make it big and rich and they ended up just selling at the low, right? They might have bought it like right here to the point of about, you know, 58000 and then just sold everything at 37000 and probably lost almost everything. So it's pretty interesting to see what's going to happen in the crypto markets, I bet there's going to be way more volatility throughout this year. But I'm still pretty bullish. Feel free to give your thoughts. Colonial Pipeline CEO claims he paid the ransom to hackers for the country. And this is written by New York Post, right? So the CEO of Colonial Pipeline claims he ignored FBI guidance and forked over a $4.4 million ransom to the hacking group DarkSide because it was the right thing to do for the country. Joseph Blount, the chief executive of Colonial Pipeline, said in an interview published Wednesday by the Wall Street Journal that he decided to pay the ransom the same day the company learned of the hacking. I know that's a highly controversial decision, Blount told the journal in what were his first public remarks since the hack. I didn't make it lightly. I will admit that I wasn't comfortable seeing money go out the door to people like this. The FBI has long advised companies not to pay when hit by a ransomware, a malicious software that locks up a user's data. In the attacks, the hackers demand a ransom to unlock or return the affected Data. So the FBI says that paying ransom creates incentives for more attacks and supports criminal gangs. Personally, I think the CEO is a big baby, right? Giving in like that. <sighs> so the FBI does not support paying a ransom in response to a ransomware attack. The FBI's website says plainly. It, paying ransom, also encourages perpetrators to target more victims and offers an incentive for others to get involved in this type of illegal activity. The ransomware attack on Colonial Pipeline ended up shuttering the largest U.S. oil pipeline for six days anyway. So the stoppage spurred panic buying and gas shortages across the southeast. Now, Blount told the journal that the company decided to pay the ransom in consultation with experts who had dealt with DarkSide before. He declined to identify which experts he consulted, the journal reported. In exchange for the payment, the hackers gave Colonial a decryption tool to unlock the crippled systems, the journal reported, citing a person familiar with the matter who said the company was still unable to immediately restore operations. I mean, think about that, right? You paid nearly $5 million for nada. Talk about a waste of bloody money. 
and the Alpharetta, Georgia-based company is still unable to build customers because the hacking caused issues with that system. Sablan, who said Colonia's overall hit will be in the tens of millions of dollars, plus on top of what he ended up paying to the hackers. And the company is unlikely to enjoy its pre-hack anonymity anytime soon. We were perfectly happy having no one know who Colonial Pipeline was, and unfortunately, that's not the case anymore. Blount to the journal. Everybody in the world knows. Yeah, everybody in the world knows that you gave in to hackers who gave you a solution to the problem which wasn't even good enough to solve the problem. And you still ended up having gas shortages and outages out there because of this whole situation. Like, like this was just bad all the way around, right? Like, the thing is, I completely understand why a company would lean to paying off a hacker, especially if, like a ransomware situation, because they could completely destroy their business, right? But the thing is, there's literally no guarantee that they are not going to destroy your business either way, right? Like, there's no guarantee of it, right? This is the same reason why typically the United States does not negotiate with terrorists because there's no guarantees, right? You cannot trust them, just like you can't trust criminal hackers to follow along to what they're actually going to do, right? It's just, you know, feel free to give your thoughts if you end up stumbling upon this in the future, but, you know, this is just sad to see, right? It's sad to see a company cave in and still not get anything for it, right? Like You're literally groveling to the ground, begging for help from the people that basically just slapped you in the face, and then, as a thank you, you're going to basically give them money for then them kicking you in the balls right afterwards, right? Like, you know, how much abuse can, like, someone get? Like, there's a point where you got to say, like, hey, no, I'm willing to deal with the issues of basically this hack, right? I'm willing to deal with you guys completely destroying or potentially deleting everything on this business, all the records, all the data, like, there's a point where you got to say something like that because there's nothing stopping them from even doing that in the first place, right? You could, let's say that, you know, they were going to pay them like $20 million, right? There's no guarantee that they would do it after $20 million. There's no guarantee after $5 million. There's no guarantee after $1 million. There's not even a guarantee for like a dollar, right? Like, criminals who like are professional criminals... They're going to do whatever they want, right? Like, this isn't like an ethical kind of thing on their part. Like, they are purposely breaking the law so that they can make money off of you and what's to stop them to make more money off of you after you pay them, right? It's just crazy when you really think about it because, you know... I just think it wasn't really a good solution to this issue. I don't think this was the right plan. But maybe they felt like they had no other choice. But when it comes down to it, it still didn't even really help them. Right? So all around this whole plan, it was just bad. 
right? But if you want to learn how to master your money, go down below because obviously the CEO does not know how to manage his company's money if he's giving it to hackers who still did not end up doing what they told him that they were going to do, you know? So it's going to be interesting. And it's going to be interesting to see like what's going to happen with the future of this company, the Colonial Pipeline, right? Because I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with the company. It's probably going to uh, be in dire straits or negative straits for a while because a lot of people may not necessarily trust their security. There might be a lot of customers that be like, you know, I don't know if I really want to rely on you because you've shown a track record of caving into hackers and paying a lot of money to hackers. And we don't know if we could really trust you with our business because what are you going to do with our money and how are you going to protect our relationship with you, right? So that's going to be a, a pretty interesting thing. Elon Musk tweets diamond hands emoji amid the Bitcoin drop, implying Tesla won't sell. And I like, like personally, I, I like Elon Musk and a lot of people like Elon Musk. But what he's doing with his tweets, what he's doing with media right now is honestly really messed up because what he's doing is fluctuating and influencing the markets to such degree that there's people that probably lost their life savings that just traded based off what he tweeted, right? And it's really depressing to see something like this because when you have someone who is super, super rich, right, to the point where all this kind of stuff literally doesn't even matter to him. You got to think about it, right? He has so much money that he could literally just toss around hundreds of millions of dollars and not give a damn, right? Whereas there's like the majority of the population doesn't have cash available to them like that. Like the majority of the population doesn't have money that they can access like that. There's a lot of people living paycheck to paycheck and they get involved into cryptocurrency because they think it's either a cool thing or that they could potentially get rich quick and then they end up following Elon Musk because they love him and you know there's like a cult following and they completely destroy their financial lives. So I really do not like what Elon is doing because it's such a dangerous thing for the general population. Like what he's doing is potentially destroying people's financial situation to such a heavy degree. But let's get into the story. So Tesla CEO Elon Musk doesn't appear to be shying away from Bitcoin. Despite the crypto-wide sell-off, which cut the value of Bitcoin in half at one point over the last 24 hours, in a tweet Wednesday morning through a combination of text and emojis, Musk said that Tesla had diamond hands, implying that the electric vehicle maker would not be shedding its $1.5 billion stake in Bitcoin. And the world's most popular cryptocurrency plunged as much as 30% on Wednesday to just above $30,000, its lowest level since late January, according to CoinMetrics. That means Bitcoin has now raised all its gains following Tesla's announcement that it would purchase $1.5 billion worth of the cryptocurrency. Musk's messaging on Tesla's Bitcoin position has been mixed. On May 12th, he said 
Tesla has suspended vehicle purchases using Bitcoin, citing environmental concerns over the mining process. And then after that, $300 billion was wiped off the entire cryptocurrency market over the same day due to him. Musk also suggested on Twitter over the weekend that Tesla might sell its Bitcoin holdings, but later clarified that the company would not sell. And Tesla itself is part of a broader tech sell-off down, down about 4% so far Wednesday. MicroStrategy, another company that holds a large amount of Bitcoin for its corporate treasury, is down by more than 7%. But again, this is such a, like, a scary and depressing thing to see. Because, like, look at this, okay? Just look at this tweet that you know CNBC ended up uh, screenshotting, right? There's nearly 400,000 likes on this, right? Plus, you know, people who didn't even like this. So let's just double it and basically say almost a million people saw this tweet, right? Which means he could potentially influence a million people into getting into cryptocurrency and end up completely shifting the way cryptocurrency is going to be at in a very short-term period, right? He can manipulate cryptocurrency markets in a 24-hour time frame, which means that he can make a crazy amount of money if he really wants to, or he could basically just have fun and end up causing massive havoc, which causes a lot of normies, a lot of normal people to get emotional and lose everything. Like I see this thing to be such a dangerous way of getting people involved into cryptocurrency. Like... Oh, it's just not a good thing because there's so many people who get into investing in stock markets and cryptocurrency for short-term reasons. And when you have someone that could manipulate the markets in a short-term manner, it just gets very scary. So I think this is a really depressing situation. Please don't ever invest into anything in a short-term manner because that's where you can end up losing everything. And this is just super sad to see.